0: all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls Podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome again, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kylman in here, as always, hosting alongside, of course, my good buddy, pal, uh, partner in crime, as we like to put it. Whatever other title you want to give him that that adds on that he is at my co-host, it is Jim Mernier on the opposite side. Uh, as we welcome you into our latest edition as well of our team preview series. Again, the days keep on ticking down until the NAL season is about to get underway. And as you can clearly see on the screen, it is episode 87 for us, and we are going to be previewing the folks over at the Vistar Memorial Coliseum that are the Jacksonville Sharks entering the Shark Tank this week. This is very much, of course, Jim's territory. Jim, how you doing? It is, uh, as they would sometimes say, uh, Shark Week for us this week. Not not Discovery Channel. It's, it's, it's Shark Week for us. It's our Shark well, Week.
1: Well, it's Shark Week, and it's actually an episode where I can just talk about the Jacksonville Sharks and not get accused for talking about the Jacksonville Sharks. Yeah. So yeah, today right. is the Jacksonville Sharks. Um, yeah, uh, we're down to four weeks until kickoff. Uh, tr- training camp is in ten days for every every team besides Albany, and yeah, just uh, everyone else plays besides Albany are in training camp. Uh, yeah, season's fast approaching. Before you know it, it'll be midway through the season, and hopefully at championship in a couple of weeks after that. So yeah, it's gonna be fast. Um, but yeah, this is a. Unique show. It's a Jacksonville Sharks show. Um, of course, the Jack Sharks, the <laughs> Shark Tank. Uh, this is where egos go to the rise. Um, and, yes, there are some few additions on the graphic. If you see, if you're online on YouTube, um, this may, you know, this has been a special request. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's upcoming season. Uh, it's a season, I think, that is unique in Jacksonville with a new head coach that has history in the game um, with an organization that we've seen over the years and what we've talked about, they don't like losing. So again, last year was a, a resurgence after that horrible start. Now consistency and now the Gibson way here in uh, Jacksonville. And one thing we know about coach Gibson, he makes the playoffs in every sport he uh, sees and he coaches it. So am I saying, predicting that the sharks will clinched a playoff spot? Yeah, uh, because I'm just following history. <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, look, last year, if you're a Sharks fan, you know, I'd say the troops—they rallied the troops pretty well after a pretty, I would say, kind of an ugly one-four start. Uh, respectable 500 record going into the playoffs, just uh, and we're within one or two decent plays of, and a uh, deuce from possibly getting an upset up in Albany, New York. So. You know, you have to feel happy last year, at least where you got to. Uh, this season, of course, new changes. As we're talking, as we, as you maybe have figured out by now, uh, Jason Gibson. He is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Sharks, bringing in his own, bringing in his own culture from the Columbus Lions, coming on over. Um, and we got, and I said the roster's kind of changed over. There's uh, some new faces that he's brought by, some that have stayed the same, but a lot of changes this season, I think. Uh, Jacksonville has definitely made to, uh, I would say, retool for this year.
1: Well, there's new changes, there's new players, and a lot of people that are in the Sharks organization are looking at us like, when's when's Jackson going to sign the big guy? Where's the big name? Because Jackson was notorious of signing big name guys. Um, there's really no big name sign, but a more of a plethora of good pl- players. Upper tier players that Jacksonville can bring in, and uh, there's a couple of them that are coming back. Like Damian Jacobs is returning, Marvin Ross is returning, Melkoh, uh, Michael White is returning, uh, Daniel Justino, who played in Orlando last year, is coming over. David Gilbert's returning, Anthony Johnson's returning, and the big one, uh, who comes from the Columbus Lions, as Darian Townsend. It's going to be a lethal weapon. Of course, there are other players on the team that uh, are not on the screen. Uh, again. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there are other players that did are, are back with the Jacksonville Sharks. Uh, David Gilbert's back with the Jacksonville Sharks. Also, uh, Solomon's back with the Jacksonville Sharks. There are a few guys on this team um, that played last year that are back, and there. And if you look at the roster and, and how Gibson's created this roster, it's. Basically, he is trying to control the line of scrimmage and his defense. And like we've had Mason Espinosa on before, he says Gibson loves the middle of the field. A nose guard, a linebacker, and a backside safety or that third DB, that should be your anchor of your defense. And if that continues to this season with the players that it's on there right now, with Anthony Johnson, with Renfro, with Damian Jacobs, and Marvin Ross, and Darian Townsend back there, uh, Jacksonville is going to have a good defense. And one thing we know from Gibson teams in the past with, with the uh, what they um, the Columbus Lions, is he always his teams are always in the top two league, top two in the standings in defensive statistics. And if Jacksonville has that type of same narrative of the defense. Jacksonville does have some skilled players, too, um, that he may have not had in Columbus that he has in Jacksonville. And it's, you could say a filling out process early, but with the names and the players that they got on the roster right now, Jacksonville has a solid team. Um, I'm not going to be, a, I know I'm a fan. Everyone knows I'm a fan, uh, but I'm not going to say everyone winning the dang championship. No, I'm not like that. There are good players. We had Justin on, on have, have, we have Justin's interview coming up here pretty shortly about it. Um, it's just a different mentality that's in Jacksonville now. And it's unique to a, to a fan. Like, well, we used to win championships all the time. Now you can tell that there's a different kind of culture being built in Jacksonville. Just not one player at a time. It's the whole roster, the whole organization is being built differently. So um, even with the key additions and the new guys, so for your Shark fans out there are waiting for the big guy to drop uh, for the Sharks. <laughs> that's not going to um, it's not because Jacksonville can't, you know, spend the money. Well, Jacksonville can. They just don't. They want to build a culture, um, a culture mentality here in the city. Uh, it's like if you come to the Shark Tank, you're going, to, you're going to play against a very disciplined team, and a team that's going to fight you all four quarters. And it's not going to be led by a lot of egos, uh, like it has in the past. So it's a new era in Jacksonville, and that's a Gibson Way. So if people in Jacksonville don't know what the Gibson Way is, um, as a Sharks fan, we may know as a guys, he throws a red flag to many times. Uh, now he's on our side. So, uh, he'll be doing that to opponents, but, uh, that's the Gibson way. It's uh good character, solid teams, great defense and playing phenomenal, sound football.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, that, and I think that's something you expect from Jason Gibson. We've said it a ton this season, or at least this off season and mm-hmm. kind of leading in, um, you saw what he did in his long tenure over in Columbus, in Columbus, Georgia. um, Dude dude is a type of coach. He brings the most out of the players around him. That is how he has done his style for years. And that's essentially what he's bringing to Jacksonville. And, you know, he brought over, like like you talked, some pretty key stars to this roster that are guys he knows. And I think he brought over, he's been getting solid veteran talent around him as well. And, And credit, I mean, still some can come in. Right now, But I think, like, you see guys like, for example, you know, we're talking like a Darian Townsend who just dominated last season as a receiver. Excellent grab for them in terms of specialty player. Marvin Ross coming over. You can't say enough about him and his time in the NAL. Another one that you have to give tons of praise for. Forgetting as a pickup and then you get like some guys that to me have been you know some ballers that maybe they haven't gotten as much recognition but they're good veterans this league you know like a jimmy goodlow who's had plenty of recognition on his on both sides of the ball from last year as well um shakai holmes who i mean you know he was with the sharks last season so again another solid pickup you got to be happy for and these are guys gonna be maulers mauler mm-hmm. type of players that are gonna give their 110 percent not saying no one else can't will but like gibson expects You know, much like Manas, they they expect full full 110% effort, you know, nonstop on every play. That's the the Gibson way out there, and he's going to get that. Another pickup I like, you know, I talk about Ross, but they also got Jabari Gorman, who made a name for himself last year in Albany, who they're going to be having on that roster too. I expect him to continue his upward trend he had towards the end of the season when he came on and kind of. To me, elevated that secondary for the Empire. So mm-hmm. watch out for him. I think that's another good pickup that they got away. And then, uh, as we talk in this league, you can't knock having a good kicking option because deuces are just so important. You know, Daniel Justino being able to bring him on, you know, and have him on as your kicker this year. You know, credit to the footballs, of course, were part of the problem last season, but to have again someone that is that steadfast kicking option. Great Mm -hmm. choice as well. They're going to be set at that position, too, for starting in week one.
1: And there's other guys. You can look at the roster itself, and you can go down to the rookie side of things. And Gibson's told me this, and I've talked to other people around the organization. Uh, Two names you need to keep an eye on, especially for the uh, Jacksonville Sharks, is Reggie Todd, the wide receiver out of Troy. Mm -hmm. And also his, uh, could play at the same time, uh, Kylie McLean as well from Troy. Two guys who are... Uh, tall, fast, uh, Reggie Todd, six, five, uh, that's a tall for, that's a tall dude for a receiver in the NAL. But also the question that we get from fans is who is going to be the guy behind center? And that's be right. Graham Kelly and Graham Kelly has experience in the Canadian game. And from the highlights I've seen and from people I've messaged about Graham Kelly, um, uh, our, our, our third co-host, which will be joining us during the season, might uh, not like this comparison, but he reminds me a lot of Mason Espinosa. <laughs> same type of built. Um, his arm motion, same. So if Graham Kelly is the reincarnation of Mason Espinosa, I think Jackson will be in good hands. But again, uh, one thing that we know for Gibson, he wants to find a young quarterback to build the team around for years, uh, for a couple years. So, if, if the idea and goal for this team is to win championships, for just not this year, for for years to go and go on, you need a, a guy behind center that's uh, stable, who has a good arm, who's athletic, who's big enough to play, um, arena ball. And especially if you look at Graham Kelly, he's about the same size as Mason. Uh, he's built like uh, like he's built like Mason. So, in this game, we've known. Like if you're if you if you're a skinny quarterback and you can get hit easy in this game and fast, and that might, you know, shake you. But if you're a bigger quarterback, you might, you know, sustain the blow of a uh, big hit, especially against defenses, uh, def- defensive lines that Jackson will face in like San Antonio and Albany this year. So, um, but again, it's a, a lot of good talent. And one thing for the fans out there, uh you're gonna have Solomon who does this thing, and you're gonna have Darian Townsend. People's like, "What's Darian Townsend?" Go look at his videos last year. Guy was clearly, I'm just I, made take off people in the league, but Darian Townsend, in my opinion, was the second best returner last year behind Kylie Rashad.
0: Oh yes, I, I don't and, think you're wrong in that assessment at all. That if it wasn't for Kylie Rashad, he probably gets that yeah. gets that nod. So
1: yeah, and what and and there's some talented players in this league that all year last year. Kyle Rashad, uh, Dare, um, uh, Kendrick Ings, excuse me, my brain went way left. Uh, Kendrick Ings, Darius Prince, uh, and then you look at other teams last year, like a James Summers made a couple shine. and you go down south and you had uh, Brandon Fuentes sometimes. Uh, so, you need players like that, especially this year with the Nets. Darian Townsend, I think, can feast. And if he Plays like he did last year with Jackson, like the last year for Columbus, and translates that Jacksonville, Jacksonville's going to have a lethal offense. And Mm -hmm. just from the – if you step back and you look at a team and how teams are built, receivers, and especially offense, it always comes out of quarterback. And especially – I've heard this not from Gibson. I've heard this from all coaches. If you don't have a quarterback in arena football, you're not going to win like oh, no, no. this it, is not the indoor game you need a quarterback who knows how to read a defense who knows where to put the ball and on the field and knows how to get the ball away fast we've seen quarterbacks come through jacksonville um uh, uh from last two years ago a uh, guy played for orlando came to jacksonville um connor kagi mm-hmm. like he looked like an arena quarterback but the game was too fast for him and it you know cost jacksonville a, a lot of games so uh, again, this is his again well, first year, so you don't know what Graham Kelly will be, but if you're trying to feel better about your quarterback situation, he reminds me of a Mason Espinosa.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is the big question that, once again, it seems to be revolving around Jacksonville. Um, it's been the last three years, the beginning of the season, I think that's pe- what people mm-hmm. have brought up. And then either it's been like last year gets corrected or hopefully you don't have a shuffle like, did in 2021 because that that's, I think, what people are wondering is you know, how how much can these guys get down and dirty right out of the gate? Um, because I mean, Graham Kelly, uh, I think one thing it'll help is that you know, he, him being accustomed to the Canadian game, he's you know, him being brought up in Ontario, he was born and raised, he's Canadian born, um, been through several of the Canadian style leagues, um, at least going up through the youth, has been through with the Alouettes and the Tiger Cats in camps, um and also was in the CFL's developmental program in Mexico. So they obviously those elements in the CFL to me, they translate well to the arena game. Cause you see like, you know, the waggle or the high motion as they call it, those are used in those concepts. So you're aware you get that stuff down. It's a high, it's a heavier set passing game. You try and get the ball out quick, quicker. You're more kind of, I would say getting a sense of urgency to kind of move the ball mm-hmm. and kind of press it downfield. Um, and I think for both the, him and maybe like Eddie Brill, whoever you know, depending on how the season goes, I know Graham's probably. It sounds like is the leader right now. Is going to be the guy starting week one unless things change. Um, you know, I think both of them, these guys, seem to have a chip on their shoulder. Both of them are looking for that, you know, true opportunity. You know, Graham's for sure. He's bounced around de- several different lo- different uh venues and avenues in that in the Canadian scene in the sport, but he hasn't really gotten, I think, his true shot to like actually step in. And I would say shine fully. So this is his first big one, and it's on a scene that's, you know, I think a good platform for him in the NAL, where you can kind of excel as a passer like this. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, I think Gibson again, you can, you, as we've told, he can he can evaluate guys. Um, as you, funny enough, you say Mason Espinoza as a comparison, and mm-hmm. guess who's coaching in Jacksonville. So, you know, that's not completely out of the out of yeah. the question. Again. It's something that Gibson does well at least that they, in the last few years that I've noticed and I think that they're translating over this year is you know we don't talk much about defense in the arena football being as prominent you know it's not it's something like yeah if you can hold a team like to like 30. To like 35 you're doing a good night but like that's the last last few seasons for Columbus that's something that you know I think Gibson has been more focused on recruitment is just beefing up that defense like saying okay well you know say we can't get say offensively we got a good few skill position players and we have a QB that can at least chuck it up to where it's within range of whoever's going to grab and take it and bring it down. You know, on the other side of the ball, we can try and suffocate them as much as you mm-hmm. can in an arena term of suffocating your opponent. So that side of the ball for Jacksonville, I think is going to be pretty prominent this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's going to be at least out of, if we're talking terms of like top four, it'll be a top four unit. So I'm watching out for that. Um, but yeah, QB situation, will be a question until we see game day uh week 1 when they travel or their first game when they travel to West Texas. So, we'll find out real quick how prepared uh Kelly and Or, now like I said depending on how training camp goes injury-wise too, or Brill will be mm-hmm. when they step onto the turf.
1: It questions will be answered soon. And yes. one thing, like there are other teams in this league that already have answers at their quarterback. They already know who the quarterback is. Jacksonville is one of few that there will be quarterback battles to determine who will be on the number one QB. But from from me observations, I wasn't told that by the I wasn't told by Gibson or anybody with the Jackson Sharks. Uh, my I'm leaning towards Graham Kelly on um, being the guy to start. But knowing Gibson and like you mentioned about the defense, uh, Gibson's defense is, keeps his teams in. One of the biggest difference, uh great example, I think is like week five, week six last year, uh, Columbus was completely depleted with injuries. And Columbus defense kept Columbus in the game with the Albany Empire mm-hmm. uh, because of their defense. And that offense in Albany was very lethal last year. And if that defense can translate to a Jacksonville style, and Jacksonville's defense wasn't an issue last year, um, like a lot of arena teams, um, when you don't show up, you're going you, your, your defense is going to give up 50 points. That's usual. Um, but you look at Clemson's history; like there were some years that they were just averaging only 36 points on defense. That's that's incredible. Again points that low, um, and that's why they're always consistently in the playoffs. For uh, Gibson was when he was with Clemson, now he's in Jacksonville. So that narrative. Switch it over can very possibly work here in Jacksonville. And again, I think it. The, the question, a lot of the questions you see from teams is who's the guy behind the Helm. That's a big question. If Graham Kelly becomes what I think is my opinion, it could be a, a, a next Mason Espinosa-like quarterback. Jacksonville will be really good. They're going to be good anyways. I think Jacksonville's defense, especially with the NFL sack leader at midway through the season and, Sha- and Shakai Holmes returning. Um, he played in Orlando last year. Now he's in Jacksonville. That's going to help Anthony Johnson. That's going to help Damian Jacobs. That's going to help uh, Row on that defense um, this season. So, and that also helps the secondary. You know, relax, have time mm-hmm. to look at the quarterback. So, it's going to be early in the season. Jacksonville started 0-4 last year, made the playoffs. Two years ago, they started 0-2. Three years ago, they started 0-1. Um, can Jacksonville just win the first game of the season? That's, that's the question. And going out west to West Texas would be a challenge, especially with Kerry Starks um, being uh, over there at the linebacker position. So it's going to be some challenges for a young quarterback entering the league, entering the uh, arena game. Um, but for you Jacksonville Sharks fans, yes. I'm not going to say where to find it, what website. I'm just going to play it because, you know, me with technology, I'd rather do this than advertising. I feel
0: like we're on in a
1: My bad. Done? (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) I feel like
0: we're on an official uh on an official broadcast. Just I'm so used to seeing that just kind of commercial break hit Mm -hmm. the hit the season ticket package program up. But yes, again, you know, as we've been saying for all these teams, season tickets are currently on sale. And a lot more the majority, if not all the teams, should have single tickets up by next week i know albany has had theirs up for roughly a week now obviously they they definitely have been you know they got some big news they're also trying to capitalize on too but they have had their season tickets up for a little over a week now from my from what i have been able to check again um but majority of the teams are going to be up midweek next week for season for single game ticket sales but still go get your season ticket packages if you haven't already um it's a great value for for professional sports. It's a fun atmosphere. I mean, summertime summertime springtime activities for the family, the kids. And if you're just a professional football fan and, you know, arena football is leg, is legit great action with some talented athletes in this league. So, you know, go check it out. Otherwise, season tickets come, or single tickets come up soon, so hey, Maybe you experiment first, then you buy season tickets at a different rate later on in the season or something along that line.
1: Also, Jacksonville Sharks fans, get your season tickets, and when you get season tickets, if you call them, mention that Jim and Zach from Inside the Walls brought you there. Yeah. yeah, hey. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it, please.
0: Yeah, we'll get a, get some big kudos. Please. No. <laughs> we'll get some big kudos from there.
1: But speaking of the Jacksonville Sharks and speaking – of players and schedules. We had the chance and we were joined by Justin Renfro, uh, a vet, a, you can say a vet, honestly. He's been around for nine years for football, went from the NFL, went to the Canadian League, and he went to other experimental football leagues. But he's making what he stated could be his last ride here in Jacksonville, and there's a reason why. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, is our interview with Justin Renfro. <laughs>
0: One. Join us today on the Inside the Walls podcast for our continued interviews and coverage of the league, including, of course, for especially our Jacksonville Sharks preview show. We're bringing on offensive lineman, defensive lineman, the Iron Man himself this year, Justin Renfro joining us for the Sharks. Justin, welcome aboard. Uh, glad to have you on the show and, uh, you know, congrats for uh, signing on as a Jacksonville Shark.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to uh, get to Jacksonville uh, this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, talk about an organization to join up with if you're going into arena here for yourself. Um, First off, you got any initial thoughts? Training camps are coming around the corner. So where are you at currently, um, at least getting ready for training camp, at least as a player?
2: Uh, Right now I'm in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, so I'm in Canada. Okay. uh stayed up here i'm training at EATS uh elite athlete training systems uh and, you know just getting ready uh, for the season uh first arena season so you know uh just trying to figure out what's going uh how it kind of goes down uh the different cleats just uh, figuring out all the little things uh you know once we once we get to football 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 so looking forward to that <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. You're, you're no stranger, obviously to the outdoor game. You've had quite plenty of stops. NFL wise, you're talking, you know, you're in Edmonton, So clearly, you know, you've been with the El- Elks in the past, you know, BC lions, yes. you know, the CFL scene. Um, I, I guess might as well talk about it since you are saying that, and it is your first arena season. I mean, what, what tips have you gotten so far or who you've been talking to to kind of just get up to speed on what you need to know coming in right now?
2: Um, I mean, me and coach Gibson, uh, we, uh, we've been doing a lot of talking, obviously going back and forth. Uh, he's been on my cooking show as well. Uh, you know, David uh, uh... Gilbert, Kelby Johnson, uh, Marvin Ross. I, I know him as Skip, uh, all guys I've already played with, whether college or professional. So, you know, most of them are just telling me, you know, just it's regular football. It's going to, uh. You know, I'll, I'll do well out there. Just uh, just come ready to play football. So that's what I'm going to do and uh, have some fun.
1: <laughs> well, it's regular football. Besides it's in a dome, and it won't be snowing on you. So that's a good <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, don't have to worry about the weather as well. So that will definitely be good. You know, right outside right now, I just uh, finished snowing. So it will definitely be good to be in the Jacksonville sun.
1: Well, yeah. Currently in Jacksonville, it's 84 degrees and slight humidity. <laughs> not hot, but you've been to Florida. You know how 85 yep. degrees is like cold in the morning time and summertime, and then it's yeah, 100 yeah. degrees, 100 percent humidity. Like, <laughs> geez, this is crazy. Um, what made you decide to go to an arena, saying that you've been a veteran in the CFL?
2: Um, you know, I was. I've been focusing on my cooking show and having a lot of fun with that and um, spending a lot of time in Jacksonville and because my son lives there and so, uh, you know, uh, Marvin came out to my son's uh, birthday party and, you know, he he had mentioned like, oh, you should play with the Sharks because I had mentioned I was looking for ways to kind of be down there and something to occupy my time outside of my cooking show down there. And, uh, you know, he said something, and then coach called me a couple days later. And, you know, my son, I was with my son, and he was like, he really enjoys the Sharks game. So, you know, I kind of just said, all right, we'll give this a try. And been training, and my body feels good. So uh, just excited to, you know, be able to play for an extended period of time in front of my son and kind of share that experience with him
0: nice
1: oh go ahead zach my bad okay i, I mean i was just gonna dive
0: in and t- kind of touch base with something you had mentioned a little bit previous you, oh, no. you talk about your cooking your cooking show um you yeah. know I, as i say you uh as i'm looking up here for ctv up in canada up in canada you know you're highlighting <laughs> as it says uh high, as one article puts here uh, for edmonton ctv news football player with big appetite for cooking, highlights restaurants in a video series. Would you care to jump in? I mean, what, where, where are you be tackling here? Where where are you going? You know, what places uh,
2: are you visiting? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give you guys, you know, this is Jacksonville State. So I'll give you a sneak peek tomorrow on IG. Uh, you know, you'll see the teaser for uh, What's Cooking JR coming to Jacksonville. Uh, we already filmed with Carolina Jacks. Uh, coming up, we're going to film with the, uh, crab cake, uh, factory down there as well. You know, tons of other restaurants and talks with as well with already to kind of get some stuff going. I'll be also cooking, you know, with the guys on the team and bringing different guys with me as well. So yeah, my cooking show What's cooking JR, uh, been doing it about the last year and a half, you know, traveling to the top restaurants, uh, around the world I guess you got you, you say now it started out just during covid in my in my suburb and then as uh, as things have grown I've hit Jamaica I've hit all over the US I've been all over Canada hoping uh, this fall starting to get things ready uh, to go over to Europe so uh, yeah it's been a lot of fun uh, cooking great dishes, being able to bring friends and teammates along, also bringing my parents along, and, you know, just finding the best food in every city and now bringing that to Jacksonville.
1: Nice. What what inspired you? Are you trying to be, like, the next Gordon Ramsay or something like this?
2: (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I like good food. I've always – Every team I played on, I've done a lot of work in the community and also with the youth of the city. So I think a lot of restaurants have always invited me in. Uh, In Calgary, it started in restaurants would invite me in to bring kids with me. And then um, just other places, restaurants invited me in just for a post and, you know, because my social media could, you know, let people know about them. And so it just grew from there, and now I have aspirations, you know, to kind of do this on a ESPN uh, Sunday Countdown type of level, uh, and you know, be able to sit down with guys and. And sit down with a lot of guys in the NFL are still friends and sit down with them, have a meal and also break down some real football. And I think uh, that's something that I could bring that's unique to what's out there right now is a real analysis of football on a Sunday or a Saturday with some real cooking. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it'll be fun. We'll see what happens and uh, just keep building with it.
1: Nice. I know one thing, offensive linemen—they know how to cook and they know how to eat. So, (laughs) I'm a former D lineman and played in high school ball. My, I don't understand offensive. Every offensive lineman I've talked to or played with, their mothers, and now them as they got older, are damn good cooks. Me, not so
2: much. (laughs) Yes, sir.
0: that's sweet. I, I love I said I love that little love person out personality you bring in there to the team then. We can't wait to check that out for that series. Uh definitely gonna yeah. be highlighting or looking out for those. Um getting back yeah. into football here, you know, I kinda just following a bit your career. I mean, you started out you're more defensive end, you'd made a bit of a switch to O line as you're progressing. Now you get to play, at least from what now we're reading off of course the roster designation. You know, you're playing designated as oldl so you get to kind of get a mix of both old and kind of that new transition uh how are you approaching that i mean you get you get kind of you kind of understand both sides of the ball now for what each position needs but now you get to like actively progressive and progressively switch your mindset every series or at least while Mm -hmm. you're on the turf
2: yeah um and so i think uh for me i'm just looking at it o-line I'll kind of play my usual way, uh, play aggressive, try to keep guys at the line of scrimmage. D line, I'm gonna I'm gonna play more reading, uh, reading the uh, the offense that's coming at me, you know, and reading the place. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I played D line a lot more aggressive, bull rushing a lot more stabs. Now that I'm older, I'm gonna be a lot more working the hands and reading rushes. You know, I know from the opposite side, the the key to being an O-lineman is making first significant punch. So me as a D-lineman, I'm just going to play hands and, you know, get that first punch in there. And, uh, you know, I'll be pretty successful. I'm not not saying I'm going to be, you know, the next sack master, but I'm sure I'll hold my own, definitely contribute on uh, both sides, and it'll be fun.
0: Heck yeah, man. Getting, getting, I said, get a little bit of that that action. Like I said, it's one of the beauties of the Iron Man rules that they like is that it, you know it, it kind of helps with you know make it stars of the two way game, but also you know you get to kind of take advantage of maybe something you saw the previous series right out out yeah. of the bat for yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I, so. for for you, I I think this is something I got to ask offensive offensive line wise because we we haven't, haven't had too many <laughs> OL discussions on here but i gotta ask but being arena you know it's a it's a quicker fast-paced passing like you it's even less time that you have to have for the pocket for QBs to kind of get rid of it do you find that you have to i assume you find that as a benefit at least getting to say okay quarterback better get this thing out in like two seconds otherwise you know dude we're, run, we're running out of time you can't just do three and three and then panic right
2: yeah so i think uh Kind of, especially the way I play, it lets you, um, lets you be more aggressive. Uh, definitely the ball does come out pretty quick. But I I think um, if you just set, you know, setting setting guys a certain way, it uh, cuts down on their options. And so, you know, just keeping guys high and wide is definitely uh, always the thing to do in a line, I think. It just will make for a better, cleaner pocket for your your quarterback, no matter what the time. If you keep him high and wide, he's got his time, and so uh, mm-hmm. that's something. Uh, that's something I'll look to do, and uh, you know we'll look to uh, to have some fun. I'm interested to see the run game. That's uh, right. that's what I've been that's what I've been interested to kind of figure out what, what kind of schemes going to be with that. And so that'll be fun. That'll be fun for me. Uh, You know, I, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched much arena before this. So uh, we, it it will, you know, I've been watching some highlights and stuff just to get kind of acclimated and to see things i've i've seen games in trenton before uh okay. my house in, in pa is close to the trenton arena so i've had a bunch of friends play on that team so i've seen those games before so i'm definitely excited i know it's action packed and from what i hear uh jacksonville keeps a packed stadium as well so it'll be fun
0: yes indeed jim jim can definitely attest to that yeah, you are do. going to uh have one of the best, arguably the best audience in the in the arena in the NAL scene when you're coming there.
2: Okay, okay, yeah, I'm excited. Well, but
1: one thing about arena is that you play all LL all offensive line, D line. When offensive line, you can also be a tight end. So hopefully you have good hands because you might be a receiver. Yeah, out
2: there. yeah, I I saw that. uh I mean, in high school, I was the number nine tight end in the country uh coming out of high school. So. I used to I used to be a Blazer, but i we'll see. Now I'm excited. You know, whatever Coach draws up, I'll execute. So,
0: absolutely. Well,
1: No. One Gibson. He, he he strategizes a lot. He does use his tight end slash offensive linemen, So if you have good hands, you're, he's definitely going to give you the ball. Uh, also, All right. you went to you played in Calgary. You played in Edmonton. The CFL game. And a lot of people in the United States, you know, NFL is their football. They don't care about the Canadian Football League. But here in this arena, we have motion. You're used to Mm -hmm. that in Canada because I have, I think, up to three guys in motion at the same time before the snap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How difficult is that as an offensive lineman where you're paying attention to football, but also you see someone flying right by your face, like right at the snap? Uh,
2: So, honestly, I think it's um, not – that doesn't affect me at all the big thing is the uh, dn so it's mm-hmm. same thing that same thing i'm going to do you know smart defensive end will watch the motion and you can use that to jump the snap count and that's what the true the savvy vets up here in the CFL do and so that's that's why i don't like the motion it doesn't bother you you I'm looking at safeties, I'm looking at corners, seeing guys off the hashes, seeing box adjustments, seeing open B-gaps, so, I mean, seeing another guy in motion doesn't bother you, but when that DN that you're blocking is using that guy's motion to jump your count, and you're like, man, all right, and that's when you have the stutter motion, you get guys to stutter at the line and back off, and then we redo it, so, it's always ways to counteract it, but It's a lot of fun if you, uh, you know, it's part of the challenge. And that's uh, especially me. I I definitely like to talk shit to the DN when, uh, you know, (laughs) they're jumping off sides. And I know they're jumping and they still don't get past you. And they'll swear, they're like, no, no, I'm watching the ball. I'll be like, come on, my guy, you you took two (laughs) steps before the ball was even snapped. So, you know, it's always good to to, uh, joke with them and to get in their head, too, with the uh, with the tricks they're using.
0: What I you know, I had never, I had had that space in my mind, but I had never thought about that because you do with the defensive end. If you get to watch that that waggle, as they as they say over there, like or you know, I guess the motion, high motions we call it in the arena game, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you as an offensive lineman, you kind of lose that bit of element of surprise that gives your position that slight half a step ahead. You know, the snap count then, you know, it, sure it still matters, but like if you can just watch when the motion hits the line, you know when the snap count has to happen. So I guess you, that it almost neutralizes the playing field slightly instead of giving that edge to your your pass blocker or even in your run
2: game. Yeah, definitely, and that's like the big thing. Um, a big thing like I would tell my wide receivers up here in the CFL is Yo, run the run your waggle the same for me every time and guys and like receivers would look at me crazy like what do you care and then i would explain to him bro when when you run downhill hard even though we're on two that's gonna get that's that's when a guy jumps off sides for me and when he jumps off sides okay now he's second guessing all right dang should i use their waggle sometimes i'm not gonna it's gonna mess me up and that's what then that's an o-lineman that's what I always tell like when I'm coaching young alignment. It's the game within the game. It's first play, I'm going to cut you. Second play, I'm going to play you true. Next play, I might jump you. Now in four plays, I got you thinking I can do four different things to you. Now let's play ball for the rest of the day.
0: Right. So, <laughs> yeah. For like last year, be like, yeah, you see why Taylor Cornelius is on the ground? Yeah, you went a little too fast yeah. at the line. I got startled <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Deer in the headlights moment. <laughs> yeah. Never thought of it that way. I like. I'm glad to hear that that insight. Funny, you also bring up the running backs too, because it, it's funny. You know, guys like guys like your size, it can actually be running backs in arena football traditionally, because of the yeah. short yardage. You. Uh, this is more just a curious, fun question. You even think about talking to Gibson, like, "Hey, can I do a goal line situation? Do you do you trust me with the ball? Uh, do I want to do that?"
2: I, <laughs> I I thought about a few. Just maybe a few situations uh, just, you know, so I could celebrate with my son and things like that. Uh, It would be fun. I mean, it would be, it would go back to my roots. So until, until my junior year, I did play, I played running back and linebacker in football. So, and I've always, I was ranked as a tight end coming out of high school. So I've carried the ball, had a lot of experience with the ball uh, but yeah, you know, we'll just see what um, pan out pans out. I think this could be a lot of fun for me. Uh, first, I'm just focused on getting my legs kind of back under me with playing football, being in the arena game, and then once uh, once that happens, I think we can have a lot of fun though, uh, and I'll make some things happen this year.
0: Nice.
1: So, uh, speaking of you coming to Jacksonville, what are the things that you're looking forward to and what are the things you're not looking forward to coming back to the state of Florida compared to Canada?
2: Uh, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the biggest thing is uh, getting to spend the full season with my son. That's probably uh, number one. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and also being in the States. Like, uh, you know, I wasn't going to play this year obviously i have you know the last two years i've come i've come back to the elks late in the season after they've hit me up so uh but you know letting most of my family know this is kind of the last uh you know tour for me so you know trying to get friends and family out to these games and it will be exciting and like you guys are mentioning uh, the linemen are used differently, you know, I, I'll be doing some different things than I usually do. So it will just be fun uh, also to interact with the crowd while playing these games. So we'll see, uh, you know, it will. I think it's just all around going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, there's, I, I can't really think of anything. I'm not looking forward to right now, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm happy to be back in football. Happy to be with a lot of friends too. So uh yeah, this is gonna be a positive uh trip.
1: That's oh, and awesome. Travel be and travel be easy for your family.
2: Yep, yep. Everybody's right there. Got and then all the cities that we play away games, I have uh friends and family too, so hoping to get a lot of people out.
0: Oh yeah, you'll you'll have a great time. They'll have a great time. Arena arena's just it's I, I find it is, uh, you know, the best – it's the best elements to me of basketball or any, anything like that, basketball, NHL, just in that more condensed audio kind of focused crowd than anything else, you know, and it's fast-paced action. I mean, you're joining at the right time too. The Nets are coming back. It's going to be the, the, th- the legit game for the first time in years. So, you know, you're getting in – as much as it, is fair, it might be a farewell tour for you, you're getting in at the right time. NAO wise yeah. at this moment to see the actual arena game yourself, <laughs> without a doubt.
2: Yeah. It's, it looks like it'll be fun. We, you know, and we also putting together a good team. So looking forward to competing. Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: Justin, before you leave, I just, one more question about your history. I guarantee people know if they look just Justin where you went to um, Miami hurricanes, Florida State Seminole. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, when you see me in the <laughs> arena this year, I'm not a Seminole. I'm a, I'm a Jack Sharks fan. I'm your friend here in Jacksonville. Uh, but rivalry aside, uh, the stories I've heard about you behind the scenes from Coach Gibson and other guys around the league, um, you're genuine, family first, family oriented, and you're a good guy. So – when you do a cooking show and you need some inside the walls to help you out, you know where to be, you know where to message me because
2: I'm yeah, in Jacksonville,
1: yeah. so I know some good places okay. in Jacksonville to eat. So yeah, okay. that's the only yeah, question. Well, I'm just trying to get on the show yeah. for <laughs> you.
2: Yeah, no, we'll have you. Uh, we, I'm always looking for guests, especially in Jacksonville. So no, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have you out. Maybe I'll have you out. I'm. uh, Gonna film ep- the episode with the crab cake fac- crab cake factory uh, right before camp, so maybe we could have you uh, out there. I'll be getting to Jacksonville like a day or two early, just to uh, get down there, say hello to people, and then I'm excited to kind of get to camp, uh, see all the boys, and kind of meet everybody, and uh, let's go for a championship.
0: Look at Jim making some moves here to get on t- get on some television. I love it. <laughs> hey, Ju- Justin, thank you for joining the show, man. We're gonna wish you the best. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, you know, get out there and you know test out the arena waters this this year. It should be a fun time for you, and can't wait to watch you out on the turf.
2: All right, I appreciate you guys having me, and I uh, look forward to seeing you this season.
0: Again, to Justin Renfro, offensive-defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Sharks, coming on the show. And you just giving us some insight, not only on just uh, kind of his first year in arena, because we don't always talk to players. It's, it, we have a lot more talks with the veteran guys in this league. There's not too many that we've had where it's like first-time arena players. So it was nice. It's refreshing to kind of hear like someone that's diving in on this scene. You know, Even if it is coming towards the tail end of his career, he's at least saying, you know what, I'm going to go close closer to home closer home here i'm gonna go and bring the family in i'm gonna have a good time and i'm also gonna it's gonna be doing a cooking show cooking show which again that was a that was a pleasant surprise you know coming on and re- researching in for the show was you know getting to talk to someone that's kind of getting a little bit of celebrity status jim yeah you're trying to jump in and be joining up maybe no me stop
1: <laughs> Yes, I know all the good cooking spots and places in the cooking spots. Me cook? No. Um, I know all the good restaurants here in Jacksonville. And also, I've been to that establishment one or two times um, here. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, if he does give us give me a call, I'd be happy to join. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but it, it, it's funny that just, just thinking about just moments ago, I think he's our first offensive lineman that we ever interviewed on the Inside the Walls.
0: That I am
1: aware of. Yeah, I believe yes, that. We receivers, quarterbacks. I mean, we've had plenty DBs. of receivers,
0: quarterbacks, DBs, linebackers, running backs. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I can't think of one that we've had as an OLD, as OLDL. So yeah. um, that's also, we'll check that box off yeah. as well. You know, I did like his insight, you know, cause again, he, he's someone that started out defensive end, you know, he mm-hmm. also played, I mean, credit, he also started high school played running back and linebacker, but like he got into the pro scene as a defensive end. Yeah. He changed up midway through kind of trying to find his niche to kind of be on a roster went to the offensive side, which is how he got on many other opportunities in the CFL and in the NFL. And I think that was fascinating just kind of hearing that two way side. Cause I think in in the iron man scene that was the biggest change last year for us is that you know so many guys were specialty in 2021 and then last year you know the one that got the most affected for the iron man setup for last season was definitely the o-line d-line in terms of you know you got to be not only bulky and physical and muscular but you have to be endurance heavy as well yeah. you know you you're you can get shuffled out but you're going to be getting basically more of the every down kind of like bully ball play on the turf every single time. And so that was good kind of hearing about what his approach will be to that in terms of how he's going to say, you know, you flip the script, every play, you get your mind kind of shifted over going, all right, instead of me being prepared to kind of get that first step back. Now I got to be the first one that's prepared to get that quick jab and knock off the old lineman across from me, get his hands away from my chest and kind of get, to the qb asap especially since you have less time than the pros to get back there and mm-hmm. get to the pocket and get a sack those guys need to get that ball out in the arena scene i'd say two seconds is your threshold if you're getting to three three's pushing it in arena just for how quick and how small the lines are so that that was great i loved hearing that conversation
1: and he also basically said how it could be an easy transition based on how he played in canada with the motion or the waggle as he mentioned Um uh, that's a little things, but also what is intriguing is that he's he's very you can say he's very humble that he he's already been through the trials and tribulations of an, of a player playing in the NFL and the CFL and now in the in arena league and this is his first year in the arena, so he's gonna he's gonna take time for him to learn the game and now that he knows that he can be a receiver and a running back in this league, uh, he he was getting jazzed. It was a pretty good interview and of course his cooking show that is. Uh, popular i think you it was like ctv said in the s up in canada has it mm-hmm. uh, i guarantee you watch uh, I, you can definitely find it on youtube because that's how i found it on youtube um, oh yeah so so he would be in jacksonville uh, he's come closer to his family and his son lives in jacksonville his son comes to the games all the time so that was a little bit of a you know a good recruiting tool especially marvin ross helped him make the decision even better so it's cool to have a, some a guy who has had the experience and of course uh, we had a person message us uh, saying that this is the first time you guys had a blue check Mark come on your show. So I said, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's recognition, but still um, again, he's in Edmonton right now. Snow. I can't deal with that. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a very increasing temperature wise when he comes down to Jacksonville. Um, but it was a good, a uh, good interview. First offensive lineman, D lineman. And, just seeing how he was relaxed. He's really, you know, he's in that pre pre camp mode, like rest up as much as I can because the next three weeks is going to be a battle, especially at camp.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're going to, it's going to get intense here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Right around the corner. I mean, We talked not only just single tickets, we were talking a bit ago, but like, also, you know, training camps are within the next, you know, less than two weeks away for a lot, for all these teams. So you know, we're going to be seeing a lot of camp battles coming up here pretty soon, trying to get in shape as mo- even more so than they maybe have needed to be, you know, independently of your team's facilities. Um, right. Now be coming quick, be real quick here around the corner. Um, and with that, we'll come, of course, closer to the season, which means we'll schedule. be getting to look at the schedule. We, we, we once As we've done with every show, we will – oh you can pop it back up come on pop you that. Pop that thing up. <laughs> yeah there you go I was gonna say let's we'll talk here look so here's your, here's your shark schedule if you're on the YouTube version which by the way I recommend you jump on that if you are curious to see any visual gags or whatnot as well as uh, our graphics that you know Jim and others in our community provide by the way thank mm-hmm. you very much um this one provided of course in our Discord server which we'll link in the description below below as you can see uh two things stick out to me right out of the gate and i think we talked about this in kind of the pre-talk of the show um one bye weeks jackson did not have bye weeks last week so yeah or last year so you know yes they only have three bye weeks but uh three is better than none <laughs> a little bit of a break does uh does seem pretty nice you know i think uh i think uh <laughs> i think silo burley last year would have appreciated that <laughs>
1: a little bit when mean 14 straight 15 straight weeks
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think him or you know coach res would appreciate it, but that's just hey the, the cards were different last year this year they got it under order so you get three. First off mm-hmm. great second off and this is something that stuck out a lot just because i think everyone other teams so far we previewed hasn't had this much of a luxury but uh travel schedule is very balanced for the sharks like there's not there's not really any three game stretches that are on the road or at home like you you kind of two max at most you get them just kind of you know it it's pretty comfortable it, it's a it's a nice change of pace it's not like you get lulled a little bit from mm-hmm. being being at home or you have to worry about getting worn down from road trip after road trip after road trip you know they get to kind of settle in as they want and it's you know, it, can, it a little bit of variance. You're not just reliant. You're not just leaning on one thing or the other. You're not, uh, having one experience kind of drag down your whole thing. I mean, at max, they have a streak of two, you know, yeah. weeks eight and nine and then home games, 15 and 16. Otherwise, you know, it's one, 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 one across the board, back and forth constant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, for a scheduling reason or for coaching reasons too, it, it's, it's, you can find a way how to prepare a team on a routine schedule. So, yep. you know, when you guys are leaving, you know, when you guys are coming home. Uh, Cause sometimes we've seen in other seasons where a team's gone for three weeks before they even get home. And by the time they get home, they're, yeah, they're home in their fan, in their fan base, but mentally and physically they're just out of routine because they haven't had the home game. So you've noticed this throughout the league, just not in Jacksonville, though. the schedules are very more balanced. Uh, besides, I think San Antonio is like six weeks away from the home and Orlando, I think has five weeks. So uh, so there's some areas in the schedule that does affect, but a lot of teams have a very balanced schedule. And speaking of schedules and speaking of games, key games for the Jacksonville Sharks. Um, well, I'm going to just say this. The first one It's the week two matchups week two matchup not matchups a matchup against the san antonio gunslingers um first off um the reason why i think this is a matchup is the first home game it's the first home game in, in jacksonville and also san antonio based on how they're doing their off off season this year and based on how their team is this season um they're trying to be the you can say contender um uh, for the yeah. crown they're 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 developing a roster that's going to compete, and for Jacksonville's Week Two against them, this just makes a either a warning shot across San Antonio's bow or hello, we're still Jacksonville. Don't think you're going to you know take the throne yet. Yeah, you got to go through us first. Um, and especially as just see where San Antonio is and where Jacksonville is. Um, again, last season Jacksonville had four straight losses and then made the playoffs. I would like to have a better start than 0-4 this year for us. That'd be um, nice. But it, honestly, it's, in my opinion, week two at home. At Shark Tank, 8,000-plus. Yeah, key game. This is kickoff the season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, just high-profile opponents, you know, kind of early on. I, I think we also had this one on because, you know, after week one, you know, you're two weeks in with kind of what you're going to be expecting for your QB situation as well. Um, and you're kind of, you know, to me, the gunslingers, they, they also just got, and this is according to our transaction, unless you won't, unless they add this as we drop the show this week, um, you know, according to our lists, uh, Justin Alexander is returning to the gunslingers, which uh, last year, dude was all NAL talent and was in the XFL in San Antonio uh, before he was put on the reserve and then was kind of let – on let off so he, he's been brought back according to the league's transaction page which means uh that's a big get and that's another test that you're going to have as the sharks to deal with um two straight weeks of just def- of defensive talent that's going to be in your face most likely Alexander week two and then starks who we mentioned and had on last week or had on of course two weeks prior for week one so Key key stuff. You're gonna Gibson will learn about his uh, about about Grant around Graham Kelly how well he's gonna be adapted real quick and how well this line's gonna be able to hold up real quick out of the gate. And I think week two is also another good test of like you know they they invested a good chunk in in defense in defensively as well. You know how well can the gunslinger can the gunslingers go play against this uh, Sharks defensive secondary and as well as what bullies they're gonna have up front. So. Uh, to me, we talk about litmus test games. This is a good litmus test game mm-hmm. uh, as well, because at least like West Texas, still some unknowns were questioned about because they're brand new. This one, you know what the gunslingers have. You're you're gonna be definitely project. This will project, I think, to me how well suited they're gonna be where they're at. Because right now we have the Sharks. Kind of this like middle. It's another. We're one of more the mid mid pack muck type of teams. You know, there as you've heard on this show, there's two locks we have. We think Albany and San Antonio are the locks. We think mm-hmm. they're the they're where the, the the playoff locks unless disaster strikes. The the rest, the other five teams, it's completely up in the air. There, there's there's no there's there. It's hard to kind of pinpoint who we think will be in the in the third and fourth, you know, playoff seedings right now. Jacksonville's definitely in that. They have their own argument for it. So that's a great game for that. Um as well as, for this year, something that in the schedule we're keeping an eye on is, you know, we talk about uh, games that I think decide playoff seating and also tiebreakers. Um, the Jacksonville Sharks have two three-game home sets, but the one that I'm looking at the most, and Jim brought it up on the banner here, Clash of the Empires. Albany is one of their two three-game home three-game matchups for an opponent. The other one's West Texas. Uh, As we said, West Texas, hey, we'll find out soon enough about West Texas at the beginning of the year. But Albany, you already know, that's the king. You know, if you're going to aim for the king, you don't miss. You can't miss. So you want to be able to be sure that in this schedule, you know, at at the very least you hope you can split to then go into that late season rubber match in in the year that you go home for. You You get Albany twice at home or at your home state stadium at ViStar Memorial. So that's nice. You get your home crowd behind you and everything. Your first matchup, you get your home crowd as well behind you too to kind of maybe you know hopefully get some early season momentum, early wins. Um, but that to me, that three-game series is going to be pretty important if you can get a feather in your cap with that tiebreaker and if you're setting yourself up nice for going into that playoff stretch in, August, in July.
1: Well, it, you can see the theme between these two games or two matchups Gunslingers and Albany. We both said that these two teams are guaranteed locks for the playoffs in the NL unless something major happens. Um, taking on the M- Albany Empire, the Jacksonville Sharks over the last two years have played the Albany Empire tough, like down to the last quarter besides one game. Um, that's that was a lopsided game, but the playoff game last year was a one possession came down to a deuce. Two uh, two seasons ago, both games were nail biters. That one, the Sharks won, and the other, the Albany Empire won late in the season. Jacksonville plays well against Albany, and one thing I've seen from just the how this roster is built in Jacksonville, this series is crucial if Jacksonville wants to reclaim their throne um uh, again jacksonville and albany both have the same reputation they have the same resume they have the same pedigree it's just that currently right now uh, albany has won back-to-back championships in the nal they both have two titles in this league uh so that's the reason why it's called the clash of empires these are mm-hmm. the one a one b of the nal and it's who right now, the biggest, even this series and any other teams that we preview, the series, the big target is on the Albany Empire. They know, the Albany Empire know that they have a target on their back. They're the hunted. Uh, they're not the hunter. Jacksonville's the right. hunter. So it, it's, it's hard to, like we said last year, it's hard to win back-to-back. It's going to be harder to win back-to-back-to-back. This series against Albany is crucial because it's a three-game series, and technically Jacksonville has home home field advantage in that three game series. they play two home games and only go up to Albany once. Um, But like you said earlier, Zach, the first two games are crucial. Make that third game back in Jacksonville. The could be the determining factor of who may be a two seed, who may be a one seed, or who may be a team that just gets in. Mm -hmm. It's like he mentioned, Jacksonville is one of those teams that will be considered in the muck for most of the year. And towards the year, Towards the end of the year, this series against um, San Antonio, or excuse me, it's the series against Albany, would be crucial, including this series against West Texas. We don't know what West Texas is yet, and we'll find out pretty soon, but we know what Albany is. They are the king. Um, And for Jacksonville, they're not used to being the hunter, they're used to be the ones that are being hunted. And it's going to be unique. You know, this is going to be the third year of this matchup. Jackson's played them tough. Jacksonville had them on the ropes last year in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And as a Jacksonville fan who's watched that game multiple times, there are a couple of plays that if it went Jacksonville's way, Jacksonville's playing the championship last year. But those plays were made by San, uh, by Albany last year. And, of course, when Marco Roscoe is on the money in a crucial time and your kicker, Blanchard, could not make a kick, um, that was the determining factor in the, cha- uh, the uh, playoff game. But it is – it's gonna be a crucial series and based on the people I know with the Jacksonville Sharks organization, they want to win the series against Albany. Um you could say it can be the next big rivalry in the NAL, but again, like any rivalry, uh the other team has to win some and Jackson well, only I, has one win. On
0: I, I think well, and you I know what you're doing. You're you're quoting uh Gibson here uh mm-hmm. in one of our last interviews with him. Because here's the thing. You know, Jason Gibson hasn't, you know, and some people bring this up, he has not mm-hmm. beat Tom Minas in a yeah. matchup. So that is something I think, you know, you have three chances this this year. I think that that's something that's a – my honest opinion, this isn't speaking for Gibson or anything, but I think that's a chip on his shoulder for him, you know, mm-hmm. just because that – you know, Gibson and Minas to to us, we kind of put them as like the two pinnacle top coaches in this league. Yeah. Um, and Minas so far, since he's joined the NAL – They've had, the Empire have had these, have had their favor. You know, mm-hmm. all, we, this could even go back to 2021 championship. Same deal, you know, mm-hmm. and that was a heck of a game. That was a heck of a game that came down, you know, to one half going just a little bit the other way for the Empire and some special teams yeah. plays. So, you know, I think to me, if I'm, I bet some money that Gibson has a bit of chip on his shoulder, he wants at least one of these wins uh, against the Empire. I, I think yeah. that's something that's, he won't admit that, I don't think any coach would admit that, would admit that in this league, but I bet that that to me has to be in his head that he definitely wants to get that monkey off his
1: back. None of those, any coach won't say that to you.
0: Oh, sure. None. No, I don't think I don't think so. But like, yeah. I just it's something that gets brought up in our in our fan circles. You know, it's it, 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 it's, it's there. locker room talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <that too.
1: laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a It's not a rivalry yet, but. For the fans who are outside of Jacksonville, we lost our rival in Columbus um, for this season. Orlando's still our historical rival, so. But matching the pedigree in the National Arena League, Albany is identical to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Two championships, uh, Albany's back to back. Jacksonville didn't win back to back, but when you look at whoever won championships in the NAL, there are only three teams. That's you know. Albany, Jacksonville, and Carolina, so it it's going to be intriguing and to be entertaining. Also, it'd be kind of epic if it is the two champ, the two battle of the empires for the championship this year. The two teams with two titles, that um, you can't count that out. That could be very, it could be a possibility this season. Um, but yes, the Clash of the Empire series, in my opinion, will be a uh, and crucial series. I know it's going to be a fun series for me to you to cover, especially with our relations with both Jacksonville and Albany in this league. So it's going to be pretty cool during those weeks to be a little bit of bantering going back and forth. Uh, it's all it's fun. It's entertainment. And I'm just glad that we have the opportunity to bring you coverage our, to these games. So, uh, again, the Jacksonville Sharks season is unique. And as a as a Sharks fan, just get off to a good start. Don't start own 4 That was some stressful stuff. Starting 0-4, <laughs> yeah.
0: well, it puts you in a hole. I mean, look, like for how competitive this league is, the last few years, you, you really you can't wait around. Or well, no one waiting around sounds like that they're not trying trying hard. But you you can't let opportunities slip by. And I and you can definitely say Jacksonville did early in the going last year. Credit they righted some wrongs when they brought in Arvell Nelson, and that ship was definitely corrected to end the season and get a playoff berth you know not and avoid two straight years of missing a a seed but for the sharks organization for what they are in the nal you know and you'll you'll say this too i know because we've talked you know fourth seed doesn't cut it even for that you know you want home games you want you want to be able to go back to the you want to be able to take advantage of your massive home field advantage that Mm -hmm. you have that fan base That's why it's so much more crucial i think to get like for example you know you beat you if you can win and maybe like split that series with san antonio if you can win that series against albany you know and then you are able to you know kind of become a bit you know above the rest of them that kind of muck crowd we put in Mm -hmm. there you know you can possibly have yourself sitting at that you know shoot i mean you could be within that one to two spot section at the end of the season and if they get that audience which as we've seen 6 to 9 thousand is the norm and that's yeah. pretty big it, by any arena standard in the country. I mean that's top one of the top ones in the country for average attendance. That's mm-hmm. huge. So yeah. you definitely want to be able to get that. So they know they they brought they brought in Gibson for one reason, to go back to the promised land like they had back in 2019. This is that first step that direction and we'll see, you know. Yeah. Coaching coaching style is definitely there. You know, we'll get the most out of his guys for sure. will be enough to get over the hump of that is, I think, San Antonio and Albany. We'll find out pretty damn soon uh, coming into week two, especially.
1: Yeah, you, You'll find out pretty early if Jacksonville is going to be a team that's going to contend for a top two spot or they're going to be a team that's going to be trying to find themselves to hold on to the top four. But again, like what you said in Jacksonville, the four seed is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Jack, we're. we're we're the organization that's supposed to be the one. We're the organization that's supposed to be the two. We're the organization that runs this league. That's Jacksonville. That's how this Jack team was built uh, many years ago, especially the existence in former leagues. Um, as a consistent winning organization here in Jacksonville, uh, for many years, um, the Sharks were our winning team, uh, not, not the team across the street. Jacksonville, that's the reason why we always have average good fans is because people know they come to the Jacksonville Sharks game, they're going to see a winning product on the field, and they're going to go home happy and not depressed and not drink six packs of beers because, you know, the Jaguars slide, Blaine gather to a massive extension when you shouldn't do um, – excuse me, Blake Borles, but still, same difference. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. for Jack uh, for, for Jacksonville's sake, it's uh, – the, the feeling that I'm getting here from a lot of the fans is get to a good start. Start off early. Get off a couple wins early, and then not have to. You, know, you. Uh, the saying hockey: get the points early. You don't want to be chasing at the end. Um, right, and right. Jacksonville. Jacksonville did last year is that they couldn't early. It couldn't win early, and they were chasing wins at the end to get into the playoffs. Don't do that this year. Um, but I'm very confident in Jacksonville. Like I've said earlier, in my predicting to make the playoffs, I think they are going to make the playoffs. Um, but right now, I still think they're a, a solid three seed right now. Between San Antonio and Albany being one and two, uh, so or two and one, who or wherever someone's going to say, oh, Jackson Jim Jim says the San Antonio is going to be number one seed. <laughs> um, no, I just think those two teams right now, San Antonio and Albany, are going to be the two teams hosting. So um, it's going to be early season, and of course, it's, it's this is a preview show. We don't know what's going to happen. Crap, by week eight, we might see Jacksonville was the best team in the league and Albany and San Antonio can't get out of their own way. It can happen. Um, that's an interesting thing about the sport. You can have the best team on the roster. If you're not going out there each Saturday, Friday, or Sunday and executing, you're not going to win football games. And I don't yeah. care what league you play in, even in arena. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long season. And one thing I know is that uh, we're running out of time in this episode. So for the fans out there, Um, Again, I just want to, you know, I want to apologize. I really do want to apologize for doing this. I hate doing this.
0: Dad, you. You know, I was gonna click that. I didn't know if you, I didn't know if that was something you were gonna say. But I was. You. You did exactly what I wanted. So. Yes. You just made the list. Ah, made my list.
1: anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well, hey, Ladies and gentlemen, next week we head down to the. Well, we're still in the state of Florida. So we head south to the Amway Center where we preview Ooh. the Orlando Predators. Um, guests will be announced earlier in the week. We will let you know. But that has been the Jack's Full Sharks preview show. I know it's previews, pretty hard to do things, and I tried my best and not look act like a super fan. So um I think I did well. You I did think. good.
0: You did good. It's fair fair analysis. I say it's fair analysis. Huh. That's my opinion. You did good.
1: Uh, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> no, kidding kidding. kidding. <laughs> i'm good i'm good i'm done
0: i think it's a good sign i'm cutting it off we're cutting off right there (laughs) well yeah folks thanks for tuning in as as jim said we'll we'll be previewing we'll be previewing the orlando predators next week uh plenty to discuss and uh maybe some uh rediscussion on one specific position that i definitely have had my thoughts on since our a topic but we'll, we'll talk next week everybody uh until next time you know catch us on our usual channels at in walls pod facebook instagram and twitter as well subscribe to the youtube channel as uh, of course one show i like to do says as well uh when you subscribe click that bell it builds morale not only for you but for us too on this side of the show um and stay tuned nal season's coming around the corner we're st- one more step towards week one this early april see you soon everybody catch you next week Covering
1: all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls Podcast with Zach Kyle.